Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Around the 412, part of the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I am Tyler, and not with me today is my co-host, Smitty. He is currently recovering from knee surgery that he had on Friday, so our thoughts are with him. But joining me today is my good friend, Eddie Provident, from the Mad Chat and Eddie Show, also on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Eddie, after that Steelers game, how's it going, man? How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling a lot better than Smitty's feeling, I think. But uh, oh, probably for sure. He's <laughs> very immobile in, right now. In in hockey terms, he's uh he's out longer term with a lower body injury. So yeah, yeah we don't you know that's all they're all coaches giving us on uh, on Smitty. But no, I'm doing all right. I mean, as good as you can be after a uh, after a showing like that from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, that was that was a rough one. It, it was, and honestly, I can't say that I didn't. Uh, project this one to happen this way because last week uh, on our good friend Jordan's show I, I said the Steelers were going to lose I think I said the final score is going to be like 20 to 13 which I mean 24 to 10 not not too far off but the the main reason for that was just because I had no faith in the offense whatsoever and I think wait you didn't that, have any faith in this offense Oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. That, that's oh, probably man. a shock to people. I know, right? That's oh, it's, it's, it's it's probably a hot take right now. It but it was it was rough, dude. Uh, it was very rough. I, I think, and I think the biggest problem is I was getting flashbacks of 2019, hmm. and the only issue with that is in 2019 we had Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges at quarterback, and now right. we have Ben. We've got a new offensive coordinator. And we've got new faces all over the board, which I guess on the offensive line, it's not very, very much a good thing. Um, but we were expecting a lot more from this unit, I feel like, and we're just not getting it. And it, it, it was very much shown today how just across the board offensively, this team's just terrible. And it's not just that originally we thought it was the offensive line, but it, it's it's not just them it's Ben no. too and the play calling but I, I think what it comes down to is at the end of the day uh and and maybe I, I I look at football from a little bit more of an old school mentality but I think everything starts and ends with your offensive line so if your offensive line is bad it's going to change your play calling it's going to change how your quarterback decides that he's going to run the offense it's going to change how the running back runs I mean dude Najee Harris was he averaged well the team averaged 2.9 yards per carry uh today on but here's the thing i it was on 14 carries so the, what they're doing is the offense is the offensive line is so bad 
that they're digging themselves in the holes early to where they can't establish the run. And so because they can't establish the run, teams are – I mean, it was a third down, and I saw eight guys in the box for uh, for for Cincinnati because they knew yeah. that it didn't matter how many of the guys they put in the box. They, they were going to get to Ben Roethlisberger so fast that he wouldn't have time to look down the field to any other receivers. It was – I've never seen anything like this. Like, I, I mean, this is, you know, I, I thought that I really thought that Matt Canada was going to bring something different because while I was at training camp, I was there for pretty much the entire time. There was a lot of different looks. They were getting Derek Watt involved. They were using him as a blocker. They were using Derek Watt on wheel routes. They were getting him involved in, in, into, uh, into the offense. They were using, they were moving four guys. Ask, just go look at Nick Faribault's uh, articles from from uh, training camp. Look at Dale's uh, articles from training camp. Um, they were moving four guys at the same time as far as pre-snap motion goes. They were. It looked creative. It looked like the first five or six weeks of last year's season, and now all of a sudden, it's the exact same thing that uh, that Randy Feekner was running. I, like I don't see a difference between this offense now and the offense of the last six weeks of last year. No, it, it looks like that Matt Canada just took the playbook from last year and basically copy and pasted it, and which is completely yeah. different than what we thought we were getting. We it, thought with Matt it's Canada, so we were bizarre, getting... man. Yeah. Yeah, we this thought is... we were getting a completely revamped offense with new schemes and everything. And what, what you were talking about that we saw in training camp. And it, it's like the season happened, and we immediately just went back to that Randy Fickner offense. Very predictable. And with the Steelers' offensive line and the offensive struggles that they've had, very one-dimensional. They just cannot run the football. Yeah, and I don't – you know it's not the running back because Najee had 14 catches for 102 yards uh, on Sunday. He – he caught the ball out of the backfield. Well, when he had the ball in his hands, he made things happen. I mean, he, when he has the ball in his hands, this dude is a legitimate threat to go all the way. Every time he is, he's impressive when he has the football. The problem is the offensive line can't move anyone to give him space. And so I, I honestly, I don't know what you do because I like part of me wants to sit back and say, okay, well, look at who they had out today. Uh, even like, I'll just look at the defensive side of the ball. They're missing their top two edge rushers. Uh, so, you know, I get that side of it and you're not going to expect this offense to carry you, even if it's against the Bengals. But one of the things that we said going into this week, and I know that, uh, Smitty, myself and DK talked about it on Steelers today on Thursday, this was supposed to be a battle of the two worst offensive lines in football and the Bengals offensive line gave Joe Burrow time. They gave him enough time to, to make plays. Uh, if you look at the second uh, Jamar Chase touchdown, the one across the middle, um, he had about three and a half, four seconds to to throw the football, but he had he had a pocket to step up into and give Jamar Chase time to cut across the field because Jamar Chase is going to outrun Joe Hayden once he once he makes that turn, he's going to outrun Joe Hayden every time, and that's no knock on Joe Hayden. That's just how fast Jamar Chase is. He's going to do that to most defensive backs in the NFL, let yeah. alone a guy that's a little older. And to the offensive line of the Bengals' credit, Burrow had time to wait for that to happen, step up, step in the pocket, and make a make a really good throw. And it was, I mean, it was like taking candy from a baby at that point. And the Steelers' offensive line is not affording, and you can we look, we can spend the whole next segment on Ben if we want to, but their offense, the Steelers' offensive line is not giving Ben Roethlisberger time or a pocket to step up into, and that is a lot of the problem. 
Yeah, whenever your quarterback is forced to throw the ball with within two, 2.5 seconds, that's not going to get very productive offensive stats. And I think that you mentioned Najee Harris, how great of a talent he is. Mm-hmm. And he, I, the problem with him running the ball, and listen, he had some nice runs today. They were all called back. On holdings. He, yeah. yeah, on holdings. The, the one that he had one 20-yard run, but then – he that means he had 13 carries for 20 other yards which is yeah. terrible and it's not his fault uh, n- no. none of this is Najee's fault I, and I love Najee but he was not the right pick at 24 and I will stick with that I, and I, I, listen, I, I, listen I, man, I, I'm 100% I, with you I, I, I can't stress that enough I wanted a tackle I wanted an offensive lineman I get it's not the sexy pick but when you have no line to run in front of the running back cannot do it all on his own. Najee is a great talent. He was a top running back in this class, but he is not skilled enough, no player is, to just be able to make up for the five guys in front of you not being able to block. Yeah, I, that's what I said on on our, on Chad and I's show on Wednesday, that I, I love Najee Harris. Everything about Najee Harris, I think, I mean, like he is the face of a franchise. He's going to be the face of the franchise. He is the kind of guy that, he walks in the room and he's electric. He like he makes people smile. He makes people laugh. Like he is everything that you want in an athlete. That is what Najee Harris is, and that's off the field. On the field, he's probably even better than he is off the field, which is is hard to do for a kid like him. And with all of that, I still agree with you 100 percent that they should have went offensive line in the first round. They probably should have gone offensive line in the first two rounds, but. Yeah, to not take an offensive lineman until the third round and then have it be an interior offensive lineman, granted a center, but your weakness on this offensive line is tackle. You have a a Hall of Fame-bound 39-year-old quarterback who can't move anymore. His arm is not his problem. It's his knees. It's his mobility. It's very noticeable. Yeah, and and to not get a tackle in here, to go into the season with Zach Banner, who was questionable – Chooks a core for who is less than questionable and, and a rookie who I think will be good eventually, but an unproven rookie in Dan Moore jr. That was, I'm, I don't have words for it. Yeah. That was the biggest question mark going into the season was, was it, were they going to uh, move into this season with this offensive line attack? And they did. And I, I just, the, the comments after yesterday's game, that Tomlin still believes in these guys. I'm like, Tomlin, that's great, but these guys stink. There's no other way around it. I I, I don't know how you can look at this group three weeks in and say that you still believe that this this group of players can be good. Yeah. Not to mention that Kendra Green also got hurt today. And speaking on the offensive side, Juju also got hurt with a rib injury. He came out. Kendra Green was out, and then Chukso Korafor had a concussion, but – I was expecting probably next week he was probably going to come out anyway because he's been awful and Zach Banner should be coming off IR and coming back next week. But this offensive line is literally the bane of my existence right now. And and the offensive as a whole, I I, I keep saying the offensive line and all of us do because it's very well warranted. Because that's where it starts. It it starts and and then it spreads from there. Yeah. But but them being terrible – is making Ben look terrible. It's making Najee look terrible. I mean, Ben, ben not even just 
Ben looking terrible. Ben is making some questionable calls, I think, as well. That when it comes to, was it the second it interception the of the, the yeah. second? Inter- yeah, that one was just. I just I and look. It, I I'm not a quarterback. I've never played anywhere near like high level football, so I'm not going to sit here and and say you you should see that linebacker. But I mean, dude, you have been in the league now for 18 seasons, and you don't make that read. Like, I, I'm sorry, I can't sit here and, and like, bash the offensive line as much as we're bashing them and then watch Ben Roethlisberger make that play and then say, well, you know, he's Ben. He'll be fun. No, that was – dude, it was bad. I mean, you're supposed to be, you know, a savvy quarterback from the neck up because you're in your 18th year of football or 19th year of football, and you make that read – there's the difference between a guy like him and a guy like Brady. And a, and again, I think Ben's a Hall of Famer. But there's when you're talking about that next tier of quarterback, especially older in age, there's your differences right there. Yeah, I think I think it's we're seeing more and more signs that this should and probably will be Ben's last year. Yeah. Um, but real quick, before we get to the break, just wanted to recap. What do you think of the defense overall? We were missing a lot of guys, especially – in that front unit, we were missing TJ Watt and Alex yeah. Highsmith, like you said. We Tyson Alu Alu, we didn't bring it up our show last week because it wasn't confirmed. Um, but out for the season with a broken ankle, which I mean, yeah, no, prayers normal, up for him, man. That, that, yeah, that, that was a hard one to watch. Yeah, and that's that stinks for the Steelers because now you're going with a a unit of Chris Wormley, Isaiah Loudermilk, Carlos Davis, a bunch of other guys trying to make up for the loss of him. Saw a and lot then, of Bugs today, which I, I think yeah. Bugs is actually a serviceable guy, but I mean, yeah. he's not Alawalu. He's not, you know. Yeah, for filling. sure. And then we, we, we haven't had stuff on to it, but it, just the lack of him being out yeah. there is very noticeable as well. But just what, is, what are your thoughts on the overall performance of the defense today? I, I actually thought the defense wasn't terrible. Um, I thought that you could tell that there was a lack of a pass rush. And I mean, that, that was going to be the difference in the game. Could they get to Joe Burrow? Could they knock Joe Burrow down? Could they make life tough for Joe Burrow? And they didn't. Um, The only thing that concerned me, and and I'm going to give them the benefit of a doubt on this is the chunk plays that the Bengals were able to get in the running game. Uh, I'm going to give them the benefit of a doubt and say it's because the it's because of the injuries, but if that starts to become a trend, this is a really – this is a season going and trending the, the complete opposite direction that needs to be trending. Uh, I thought that aside from two or three big plays in the passing game, they actually weren't too bad. I, I didn't think they were terrible. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that that one – now this is two weeks, and, and, and actually Tomlin talked about this in his postgame presser. Uh, it's two weeks in a row now in a big – where in a big moment on third down, they let up a – a deep touchdown. Uh, so they've, they've got to do something to make sure that they're, whether it's, you know, that safety help. And then I know last week uh, Minka was supposed to be the safety help on the uh, rigs, the rugs touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. But he bit on the, you know, he was playing aggressive on Waller bit on that pump fake. It happens. But now this is two weeks in a row that they've got burned deep twice. So they, they have to make sure that they know, uh, they pick up and film what's going on with that, figure out why it's happening. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch any of the film yet because the, the All-22 hasn't been put out yet. So I don't really know what the cause was. I don't know where the blown coverage was on that or if it was just a nice play by Chase, uh, Jamar Chase. But that's the two concerning things, the chunk plays in the running game and the big plays and big moments in the pass, you know, against the pass. 
Yeah, and I think going into this game, we kind of knew that the the Bengals' offense, even though their offensive line is the weakness of it, we knew that this unit could put up points. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think giving up 24 points to the Bengals is not as shocking as probably a lot of Steelers fans no. would imagine. Um, it's, it's just the Steelers weren't able to keep up. But, yeah, I think the chunk plays probably in the running game have a lot to do with the injuries along that front seven. Yeah. I think I think getting TJ, Alex back, and then whenever it comes back, that will definitely help with that. Um, but, yeah, overall, the, the defensive effort today, I, I don't think it was bad. I think it was similar to last week where – you can't really put any blame on them. They, they tried to do their best to keep the Steelers in the game. The offense was unable to keep up with what they could do. And you have just have injuries across the board that wasn't helping anything. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was a terrible game, but now we're going to have to talk about the, what we think of the future of this team going, moving forward from this Start with a one and two start. Uh, but we'll, that'll be up after our break and, you're listening to Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. So, Eddie, what do you think of this team after this game? Your thoughts moving forward? What What is your projection for the rest of the season? Because I'll be honest, it's a lot different than what I thought the season was going to look like with the loss to the Raiders the following week and the Bengals yesterday. I, I just think that this team is in a different spot than I thought they were going to be. Yeah, man, I... Going into the season, I had tempered expectations. After we beat Buffalo, I, I kind of started to fall into that week one, like everything's great, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now that we've had three weeks to look at this team, I, I'm not as gloom and doom as everybody, I think, wants to be. Because I do think that a lot of the issues we're talking about are due to a lack of chemistry on the offensive line a lack of um, experience on the offensive line and the offense in general as a whole and injuries on defense. None of the injuries are aside from Tyson Alualu or long-term the offensive line. If it is a situation of chemistry and experience is only going to get better. Now, is that good enough to do anything? None of us know, but it's, it's not going to be, 
I don't think they're going to go backwards. So there's not much room to go backwards. <laughs> right, let's be right. And, and like Tomlin said, like the first the first day of training camp, his first media availability, Mike Tomlin was asked about you know wanting to run the ball more in the offensive line and everything. And Tomlin's answer to it was so good, but it was like, well, we didn't set the bar very high last year. <laughs> so I mean, it's they're kind of in the same boat after three weeks. So do I look at this team as a playoff team? If if they make it to the playoffs, it's going to be as a wild card. I don't think that they're. I, I had them winning the division going into the season, and after seeing them from three for three weeks, that they're not a division winning team. Um, do I think that they can still squeak in as a wild card? Yeah, I think that that's possible. Uh, I think the AFC is very top heavy. I don't think after those first four or five teams, there's really anything to like write home about. So yeah, I could see them making it as a wild card team, but. Um, so that's the optimistic side for me is that a lot of these problems are fixable and they're not long-term problems. Mm -hmm. The other side of it is we're, we can keep saying that and saying that and saying that, but you know, now we're getting into week four and they play green Bay and green Bay is pretty tough. If they lose to green Bay and we just keep saying the same things, now you're digging yourself a, a bigger and bigger hole that you're not going to be able to climb out of. So yeah, man, I, I think realistically right now, they're a nine and eight football team, maybe 10 and seven. If they can figure out the offensive line stuff enough, <laughs> maybe, but realistically, you're very they're, helpful. They're not, they're <laughs> realistically, they're nine and eight, eight and nine. I mean, you know, if, if everything gels and they get everybody back healthy, I could see this defense stealing a few games. Um, and that's why I think that like this defense at its full potential when they're healthy and got all guns going, I can see this defense rattling off a, a really good stretch of games, but if they don't get healthy, this team's in trouble. And so the offense, all they, this is, this is where I'm at. I, I'm, I'm in the same place I was three weeks ago from this standpoint, as long as the offense doesn't lose you any games, which they did today with two turnovers and just not moving the ball at all. As long as the offense doesn't lose you games and the defense can win you games, this is a competitive football team. But if that defense is not 100%, don't trade the first round pick. Oh, man, I'll be honest. I'm a lot more doom and gloom than you are. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be real. I mean, I've, I've been having a couple hot takes as the past few weeks when it comes to the Steelers anyway, but I'm a lot more on the doom and gloom side. I, I think that, I just think that the, the, flashbacks of 2019 are too apparent to me and even though oh, ben is the quarterback man. it's a different offensive coordinator and all that there's so Those many bad new faces. flashbacks it doesn't matter I, I i'm just seeing the picture that you're you're describing if the defense is going to have to keep us in games and win some games for us which they did in that 2019 season and i feel like at best like you're saying, this team is probably a 500 team, which they can't be 500 because of the 17 games now. But they're like a nine and eight, eight and nine team at best right now because this offense is just terrible. I mean, you're going to be having to keep teams under 14 points to win a game, and that's just not acceptable. Yeah. I, I don't, and I you can't trust the offense. And looking at the remainder of the schedule, when you're looking at these teams. Who are they realistically going to put up more points than if the defense can control them? The Lions? 
So let, I mean, so let me ask you this then, because this is where this is the standpoint I'm coming from. So I'll, I'll explain my thought process and then I'll ask you my question. Okay. When they're healthy, they should have Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Eric Ebron, Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris, at any given time, those kind of guys on the field, right? right. That's a lot of skill for sure on, on offense. Ben, as long as, and there's the caveat, as long as he has time to throw the football, doesn't have to be Ben Roethlisberger from 2013, 2014, 2015. Ben Roethlisberger just has to be a game manager and get the ball off to these guys and let them make plays. So here's the question to that then. I just rattled off all of those names. We agree that Najee Harris is the real deal, it looks like, after three weeks. Mm -hmm. For sure. Are we maybe looking at the rest of those names through uh, Yenzer goggles? Uh, maybe a few of them. But I'll be honest. Chase Claypool has been terrible for the through the first three weeks. I, I Chase Claypool was my favorite player last year, and I want to like him so bad, but he hasn't given me a reason to this year. No. So with him, Ebron, don't even get me started on him. He 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 just sucks. He cannot catch the ball. He had another couple drops today towards the end of the game. I I, I can't deal with him. Pat Fryermuth, I still believe in. I still think he's going to be a really solid tight end. Um, Deontay Johnson, again, I, I I think he's a really good wide receiver, and along with Juju, I I believe Juju and Deontay, they're legit wide receivers. I think we've seen the skill that those guys possess. Um, they're very different receivers, but I think both of them, in their own right, have earned the respect of the fan base, and rightfully so. Um, and then Fryermuth, I think it's too early to tell, but with, with Chase Claypool, we had such high hopes after the season he had last year. Through three games this year, I I, I don't even know if he, he – does he look better than what James Washington would look like as a wide receiver three? I, I, I can't really say. He's, he's the – Megatron kind of build of a receiver, but he doesn't play like it, and he's been dropping the ball. I I, I don't know what to make of him. But the, the thing that you said that is the key to the whole thing is that Ben would have to have time to facilitate the ball. And that is the biggest problem is that I, don't, I just don't think he's going to get the time. I don't think this offensive line is going to magically improve. Even if they get the chemistry – you can have great chemistry with people and you can still be bad players. Yeah. I, I, and and, and I, I really think that this uh, offensive line, they could get good chemistry. I just don't think the skill level is high enough on this offensive line to be a good group. And when you factor in that the Matt Canada offense that we thought was going to be revamped is basically a 2.0 of the Randy Fickner offense that we were used to, I just don't see this offense being able to put up the points to win the games. Yeah. And with, with Ben not being able to move like he did, as you mentioned, and not having the time, he's not going to be able to facilitate to these guys. And it's going to be another year of these five-yard passing routes and a bunch of dump-offs to Najee Harris. And this you, is not going to win you games. Do you know what was super concerning to me today with the offense? Uh, yeah. All right, or well, Sunday, um, we, <laughs> we, uh, so we, my brother and I are, we're sitting down and it's fourth down and 10. We're down by, uh, you know, the Steelers are down by two touchdowns and we're the, they're inside the what 15, 20 yard line. I think it was fourth and 10 from the 11 or 12 yard line. Mm -hmm. 
And I look over to my brother and I said, they're going to dump this ball off. And he was like, no, oh, it's worth it. They, they got to get to like, just, they're going to dump the ball off. They, they checked down. Now it looked like a screen pass call to Najee. Now that was concerning enough. What was more concerning is after you watch the replay and you see that that was a check down by Ben. Yeah. They were in a blitz formation. They, 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 the Bengals showed blitz. Ben panicked. I think I can't say that for certain. I don't know that Ben actually panicked, but it looked like Ben panicked, saw that blitz for, formation, dumped it to Najee and everybody backed off. And it was like the Steelers played right into the Bengals hands on that. What that tells me is Ben has no trust that that offensive line can give him enough time to get that ball downfield, even on fourth and 10 down two scores. That is the most concerning thing out of this football game for me today. And that if, if I'm going to be gloom and doom, like, you know, more, more to where you're going, that's the play that makes me think, Oh boy, we're in trouble. We are in serious trouble as a, as a fan base. If this is going to be, what we see from the Steelers because he had no confidence in his offensive line to make a block for him when the blitz was sent and they, and the Bengals knew it, the Bengals knew that's where it was and they played it perfectly. So not only did Matt Canada get out coached on that, but Ben Roethlisberger showed his cards on what he really thinks of the offensive line on that play. Rightfully so too. I mean, he, yeah, yeah, he, he, he shouldn't have trust in this offensive line. I, I would have been in the same if boat I'm as the him, quarterback. Yeah. I'm like these guys are not going to block for me. Uh, so I I can't blame them. And I know the exact play you're talking about. It was towards the end of the game. It was and Najee just gets tackled by like five guys. And, and yeah. again, that's something you can't blame Najee for. No. It's just, he, he just and can't do everything. My gut reaction was to tweet that call was hilariously bad. Because I thought it was a screen pass, but then I, you watch the replay. I, I watch, you know, I, uh, Chris Carter and, and Nick Fairball and a few other guys that I, I uh, follow on Twitter made the correct uh, statement that that wasn't a screen pass out of the huddle. That was a check down or a hot, you know, a hot read by Ben. That's more concerning than the than the alternative to me. Like, I, I, it's almost like I would have expected can't you know that that play call the way the game was called but then to see that nope that was that was a that was ben making that check down hot read like that was that's more concerning like honestly to me the more i think about that the more that is like the that is the takeaway from the game that the quarterback has no confidence in the offensive line to do their job when the game's on the line if that's the case it's going to be a long long football season and that's the reason that I'm going to say I think the Steelers are lucky if they win six games. I I I'll, I will be honest. That's where I'm at with this. I'm looking at their schedule right now, yeah. and I do not see a lot of teams that they're going to beat, especially in the back half of the schedule, starting with that Chargers game. You have to play the, the Bengals again, who you just lost to in Cincinnati, and then you've got that six-game gauntlet of Baltimore, Minnesota, Tennessee, Kansas City, Cleveland, Baltimore. With what I've if, seen from the Steelers, I don't expect them to win team, any of those games. If this team is above 500 at the end of the season, if they hit the nine win mark, this is this will end up being one of the best defensive performances in NFL history, in my opinion. To get this offense, it would past have to 900. Be. Yeah, we thought 2019 was 500. Great. Yeah, this is 
This is, you know what this reminds me of? And I wasn't, obviously I'm 32. I wasn't around for this, but just, you know, you read the stats, you watch the the videos, you listen to the stories. My dad's a huge Steelers story. Like he, like he can tell you the most random facts about the old Steelers teams. But if you, if you ask any of the, like, if you uh, listen to any interviews or listen to any of the old Steelers talk about those seventies teams, you know, which team they say is the best. No, I don't. 76. So they won the Super Bowl in 74 and 75. They lost to the Raiders in the playoffs in 76. And I can't remember who. I think they lost to the Raiders again in 77, then won in 78 and 79. If you, to a man, talk to those Steelers teams, that 76 team was the best team out of all of them. That that defense that year had five, six shutouts. There was a, there was a nine-game stretch where they'd let up like 20 points in nine games. <laughs> That's crazy. That right, like that is absurd to me. And I'm gonna look that up. Um, but yeah, they to a man, they all say that that team, those defenses were that defense was the best of them all. And I think that if the Steelers are going to be any kind of good this year, that's the kind of you know. Uh, maybe not on that level, but uh, that's the kind of thing we're going to be looking to see from the Steelers defense um, for, you know, for, for them to actually make any kind of noise. And the thing is, these guys got to get healthy. They're not going to do that if that, this front seven continues to stay injured. Um, but but I, I agree with you, though. The only way that this team is going to win games is with their defense. Because mm-hmm. I've said it for the past three weeks. And after the Bills game, even though they won the game, Smitty and I continued to talk about how bad the offense was. Um, they they started to pick it up in the first the, that second half of that Bills game, but overall they were still terrible. And with these last two weeks, it, it's the same case. the The fact that they were able to score more than twenty points against the Bills is shocking to me. Yeah. Um, but this this past this past week, scoring ten points against the Bengals, who. I mean, their defense has been improving, but it's not like they're they're they have the Steelers' defense, for example, who put up, who got twenty four points scored on them. Uh, I just I can't make sense of it. I I just think that the the defense is going to have to win them games, but I don't think they're going to be able to because even if the Steelers' defense holds every game to fourteen seventeen points, like the, every every single team to that. I don't trust the Steelers' office to be able to keep up, which is so sad. Yeah, we, and we, especially when you think about the Killer B era, where we were averaging so many points on offense, and then we didn't have a defense. It was just yeah. completely flip flopped. Now yeah. we have a defense, we don't have an offense. Yeah. Well, let's uh, real quick before we end this this episode, I'll, I'll we'll, we'll go on like a positive note here. So I, I did find those uh, that seventy six season. So this is the kind of defense we're talking about here. This is what we need the Steelers of 2021 to look like. So the 76 Steelers started off one and four, and this was before the 16 game season. So they, uh, they finished 10 and four, or I'm sorry, they started off. Yeah. One and four. Uh, They go 10 and four and then lost to the Raiders in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, That stretch where they went nine and oh, okay. Beat the Bengals 23, six beat the giants, 27, nothing. Beat the Chargers 23 nothing. Beat the Chiefs 45 nothing. Beat the Dolphins 14 3. Beat the Oilers 32 16. Beat the Bengals 7 3. 
beat the Buccaneers 42-0, beat the Oilers 21-0, and then finally the Baltimore Colts scored two touchdowns against them. The Steelers beat them 40-14 before they lose in the playoffs to the Raiders. So in a, in a span of nine weeks, it was six points, zero points, zero points, zero points, three points, uh, 16 points, three points, zero points, zero points, 14 points. So basically, we just have to hold everybody to under double digits. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to win games. Hey, we've done it once before in the franchise. We could do it again. <laughs> we could do it again. Exactly. <laughs> but that, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take that kind of historic for this team to, ha- you know, it. listen, it's not looking good. It's not looking nope. good, Steeler fans. It's not looking good. Nope. And I wish I had much better a, news. <laughs> Listen, we're pretty much at rock bottom right now. Yeah. Uh, I would say, especially against the Bengals. This is the, that's the first game they lost at home against the Bengals since 2015. So it's only up from here. There's yeah. only there's only brighter days ahead. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, we get some of these guys back from injury this week and starting with we, Smitty. Yeah, especially Smitty. We need yeah. him back. But see what we yeah. can do against Green Bay next Sunday. Uh, but yeah, thanks for tuning into around the four one two on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Also, thank you to Eddie for filling in for Smitty, the, the injured boy. But um, great stuff. Go check out their show, Mad Chad and, and Eddie, on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. And Wednesdays uh, at two. Yep, Wednesdays at two. Ours are Monday at two. We it's a bunch of variety show. They talk about everything just like we do. But yep. Yep, everybody, thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to Don't you forget, next week. Like and subscribe and all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Too, yeah like you and gotta... subscribe on the, the DK Pittsburgh Sports what, Twitter. What, what, is the, what is the Twitter handle for that? Uh, DKPS Podcasts. DKPS Podcasts. Go subscribe on YouTube. Go subscribe to all the channels on Spotify, Apple, Megaphone, whatever, wherever you listen to this. Absolutely. But, thanks yeah, again, thanks. Ty. Thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Yeah.